Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, and you're going to be getting a big heaping spoonful of sports today because it's free agent day, and the NHL and the NBA have both gone nuts. And we are here to break down, first and foremost, Chris Conner signs with the Philadelphia Flyers. Craig, what do you have to say about this? Well, this is a deal that is going to affect... I don't care about this. <laughs> no, no, no. The big one, obviously, the... the Big one everyone will want to hear us talk about. So uh, I guess we'll get to it right away. Phil Kessel on his way to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I'm going to let you just go to town on this. I'll, I'll give the official terms of the deal. The Leafs are getting Nick Spaulding, Kasperi Kapanen, Scott Harrington, and a third-round pick in 2016 in exchange for Phil Kessel. And a first-round pick in 2016. Oh, right. Okay. Conditional draft pick, it says right, there. Right, right. Okay, I'll explain okay, the okay. conditions that we yeah. need to, but uh, they get a first and a third, essentially. Yeah. For Phil Kessel, Tim Erickson, Tyler Biggs, and a conditional. Is, are they giving them a first back? So I guess they no. just, what are they? what's their conditional? The, the, the conditions are weird. If Pitt, basically, the only way you have to worry about the conditions is if Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs this year, and I'm relatively certain they will. So if Pittsburgh makes the playoffs this year, the Leafs get a first and a third, and Pittsburgh gets their own second-round pick from the Daniel Winnick trade back. Okay. All right. I'm going to apologize to our listeners out there. I was at a softball tournament all day, so all of this stuff is relatively new to me. And I'm kind of tired. I'm not, not going to lie. That's so, okay. So, Craig, you're going to be shouldering the load for this one. So uh, go right ahead and uh, tell me how you feel about this particular deal. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't think they got enough for Phil Kessel. I don't think they got enough for Phil Kessel either. And the problem with this isn't so much that they didn't take what would have been the best deal in the market. I, I have no reason to believe that this wasn't the best deal available to them today. I just don't understand why, if this was the best deal available to them today, they had to trade Phil Kessel today. Uh, Kapanen is a, is a nice prospect. Some people thought he was, he should have gone in the top 10 of last year's draft, just based on the extreme amount of skill he's got. The guy can fly uh, great skater. So that's fine. Uh, but, Kapanen, if, if everything goes great, he's a first-line player. Maybe he's a second-line player. Scott Harrington is going to be uh, a, not in the year top three or four, probably, if you're a good NHL team in the years to come. And, and obviously, Mark Hunter knows Scott Harrington pretty well from the London days, and that's fine. The first-round pick, in all likelihood, is going to be between 27 and 30 if the Penguins make the conference finals. And if you look at the Eastern Conference, I see no reason why they wouldn't once they add Phil Kessel to the mix. So Pittsburgh gives up not a whole lot in exchange for getting Phil Kessel, not at $8 million for the next few years, but at $6.75 million for the next few years. And that's because the Leafs are retaining salary. So the Leafs have Phil Kessel on their cap sheet for the next seven seasons, which at $1.25 million doesn't sound so bad, but that's $1.25 million less than the Leafs can, uh, that the Leafs can spend compared to everybody else in the league. And on top of that, you're allowed up to three retained salary transactions at a time. Three is the maximum. And the Leafs are essentially allowed only two for the next seven years because of what they've done with this particular trade. It is a really, really, really long time to retain salary. Very long time. Disappointed that it's had to go the way that it has. I just think that if this was the best offer, and again, I'm not saying it wasn't, but if this was the best offer... Why don't you just keep Phil Kessel and think that, hey, maybe he's going to rebound 
in the season to come under Mike Babcock. Maybe he's going to play better. He's a career 12% shooter, at least for his time in Toronto. Usually shoots around 12%. This past season, he shot 8-point-something percent. Even if just his shooting percentage rebounds to his career norm levels, Phil Kessel's going to get back to scoring 30 goals this year. That's not even factoring in that he'll likely not be saddled with or tied to the anchor known as Tyler Bozak. So I just think that it would have been so much better for all involved for the Leafs when it comes to maximizing an asset if they had just said, you know what, we've got to bite the bullet here. And just, if you want to call it a gamble, call it a gamble. Gamble that Phil Kessel is going to be better in the season to come, and maybe we can move him in the summer of 2016 when perhaps the cap's going to be a little higher. Might be getting some more teams that have saved a little more money. That was the gamble, and they didn't take it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane to think about. I mean, like everybody in the Leafs, but not not sorry, just like the fans and and the 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 Steve Simmonses of the world always get on Kessel yet. He never didn't. He did. He ever have a season where he didn't score at least thirty goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, while he was there? Twenty-five this past season was his low. Was his low, and uh, that's that, that's in non-lockout seasons. But basically, yeah. if you look at the last five seasons of NHL hockey, the following four players had more points than Phil Kessel: Claude Giroux, Martin Saint Louis, um, and who are the other two? I'm, uh, I'm uh, Alex Ovechkin was one of them, and the other one is Stamkos or something like that. It's, it's not Stamkos because he missed some time with an injury. That's right. Uh, whoever the fourth one was, and again, I'm, I'm forgetting who it is now. Uh, those are the only guys that have more points than Phil Kessel over the last five seasons. It seems to me that guys that can put the puck in the net with that kind of regularity are a very, very, very rare commodity, and therefore you should be trying to hold on to them if at all possible. And they didn't, and that's fine. I get it. Oh, John Tavares is the other one, by the way. They, they didn't hold on to him. That's fine. I get it. They don't think that his prime aligns with the primes of Marner and Nylander and Riley and et cetera. I get it if they think, okay, we should trade this guy now before he starts trending downwards a little bit. Understood. I just don't understand why it had to be today. Why couldn't they have waited a little while longer to see if the offers could have become a little bit better than the one they were getting? They did not get a guy who you know is a first-line talent offensively or a first-pairing talent on the blue line. They didn't get a guy like that in this deal, and that's the concerning thing. You mentioned that they're paying, they're essentially paying Phil, uh, one, two, five of Kessel's deal. So essentially the Penguins have Kessel for the next six years at six, seven, five per. Uh, seven years at six, seven, five. Seven years at six, yeah. seven, five per. If Phil Kessel was a free agent, he would get more than that. If Phil per Kessel year, was unrestricted right? free agent, I think he might have received a contract. Well, it may not have had the term of the one that the Leafs just gave out, but yeah. he might have received a contract that he would have been getting paid at least $7 million a year. I think so. Unrestricted free agent today, you would have got a contract for at least $7 million a year, probably for at least seven years. And I, I think So I, it's, it's not like the contract was a disaster. The contract may not have been what you wanted, but it's not too far off than what he, from what he would have got if he was an unrestricted free agent today. Yeah, I think I think Phil Kessel would have been eight eight five maybe per for the amount of goals that he scores. It's tough to say, but definitely more than 6.75. Yeah, it's tough to say, but I I just don't like the people that say, oh, his contract was terrible. I just don't think it's very much different than the contract he would have received if 
refuse a free agent today. I think it's very, very similar to the one he would have gotten. Oh, and his contract so, was never terrible. The, the contract is not out of lockstep with his value amongst the league, and his value amongst the league is one of the very, very elite scoring wingers in hockey. Boschman, three for 34. Now, that is a terrible contract. Yeah, not particularly good. No. Uh, Boschman will be 38 when that contract expires. Yeah. Oh, uh, or 39, one of the two. It's, it's somewhere in there. Um, and obviously the Colorado Avalanche needed NHL quality defensemen, yes. oh, because God. going into this offseason, I believe they had two. Uh, uh, and one of them was still hurt. Um, yeah. One of them was hurt, like came into the season hurt, so he didn't play the first two months, and the other one got hurt um, right. before Johnson Tyson. and Barry were the yeah. only NHL defensemen. And Barry was still recovering from right. the knee injury and, to sustain in the playoffs, the Matt Cook thing. Johnson and, and, got hurt eventually because well, that's something Johnson does. Yeah. But now they at least have Zadarov and Boschman, who are actual real-life NHL players. I just think that the price on uh, on Boschman was a, a bit little much. bit too high. The Como deal, I, I like, though. I, I'm perfectly fine with yeah, that. Yeah, there's and, nothing wrong with, and uh, he's, with, with Como. And he's uh, the type of player that they need. Um, other big ones, the Detroit Red Wings, Inc., Mike Green, the one of the highly coveted defensemen of the pretty much one of the two, right? It was him and Sakara. They were the uh, most highly touted free agent defensemen. Uh, I don't know. Do you happen to know the terms on Mike Green? It's uh, three years, eighteen million dollars, so a cap hit of six million per year. Uh, I actually like this deal. The cap hit might have been a little higher than people were expecting with Mike Green based on what the, the season was coming off of, but the term is much shorter. So I like the idea for of this from Detroit's perspective that the term is not necessarily cumbersome. So even if this doesn't work out after this year or a year and a half, it, like let's say they're uh, midway through, not this coming season, but the following season, they don't think it's going to work out. I think you'll be able to find a home for Mike Green because the term isn't too cumbersome. So I think that they should be fine that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great deal for them, as the Red Wings usually do. They sign, you know, guys that are on down years to good contracts that, you know, could he rebound and easily rebound and outperform those particular contracts? Stephen Weiss might be the exception of the rule because he was just bought out. But yeah, yeah but you know, you can't win them all, right? Right, right. Their uh, their rate of, of free agent success has gone down a little bit in recent years. So their their draft success is still pretty good. But yeah, well, most people the draft success or the free agent success I think has less to do with the organization and more to do with the actual city because. I mean, like, who wants, like, if you were a free That's agent. certainly part of it. And yeah. Detroit is not necessarily, and a lot, most of the guys that actually go and play there don't live in Detroit. But True. It, I, I get what you're saying is yeah. if you're going to go pick where you want to go, that wouldn't be necessarily high on the list if you're competing with a place like Tampa Florida, Florida yeah. or, you know, other, you know, other places along those lines. Uh, some of the other deals. The Habs get Zach Cassian. They do. They trade for Zach Cassian for a fifth round and get a fifth round pick for Brandon Prust. Uh, kind of a small deal. I mean, Zach Cassian is one of those guys who you you kind of hope that he might be good. Might be good. Yeah. I mean, he, he has flashes. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I just he's just he's never shown with any consistency that he's going to be yeah. a top six board in the NHL. That's true. Uh, so if they acquired him to play Prust's role and hope for a little bit of upside, then sure. We're still waiting to see who's going to sign that. Uh, there's still some deals going on right now. We're still waiting to see who's going to pay too much for Matt Bolesky. Oh, we, we, we've just received word on that. Oh, is this a Scusi? Not, uh, not uh, too long ago, it was the Boston Bruins. And here's oh. the thing about the contract. Yeah. 
Uh, Not four terrible. years. It's four years, 3.8 per year. Not good, Ooh. but I was expecting it to be far worse than yeah. that. Yeah, oh, that's not too bad. Four for... Four for 3.8 million per year. Yeah, I was that's... expecting a far more ridiculous number than that. Yeah. For a guy who, like, and this is going to sound very harsh, but it's true, is literally the poor man's David Clarkson. Oh, God. He's just... Like everything, he 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 had one good playoff run, and how many guys have we seen? Like I was expecting the deal that the Avalanche gave, because um, just off the top of my head, I can only go to the bad contracts that my team uh, signed. But the T uh, the PA Parento deal that the Avalanche gave four like, years, sixteen million. Yeah, it was like four years, sixteen million to uh, yeah, it's a PA Parento less- who had one good half a season with the New York Islanders. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a little less than that. Um, I was expecting him to get something in the five million a year range. Yeah, like five for twenty-five or some, five some for yeah. number like that. And Just, he didn't. no. Okay, so, so that, kudos that, to the Bruins for. Yeah, uh, well, to a point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, we could get into their nonsense. Uh, oh, sorry, it's a sorry, it is a five uh, five year deal. I don't know if I said four or five. It's one of the two, and so that takes him till he's thirty-two. I think he's going to be playing in the bottom half of the lineup, and you don't need to give term to guys who play in the bottom half of your forward lineup, I think that's a particularly bad idea. And that's kind of how Boston got into trouble with their cap situation, had to trade Dougie Hamilton for draft picks. But they got rid of the Mark Savard contract, so I guess it's going to be okay. I don't know. The Edmonton Oilers. Did they make the playoffs next year? I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, we, I, this was a, I was thinking about this today. I'm not sure who drops out. If they were in the East, I would say probably. Yeah. But the thing not. is, I'm not sure who drops out in the West. That's the reason I... I, I don't think Vancouver's making it next year. Yeah. I think the Kings might. <laughs> yeah, them? exactly. That's the thing, though, <laughs> is the Kings are, are, are the team that will bounce back. Uh, the Dallas there, Stars, sure. I could see being in the playoffs again. Yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't that be the case, right? Exactly. Um, if, if they get better goaltending, if Lettinen is less of a mess than he was this past season, uh, or if Niemi comes in there and is is better, they're, they're spending $10 million on goaltending, so they better get some good goaltending. Um, but, yeah, if you look at the other teams, I don't think St. Louis is dropping out. Nashville, in all likelihood, isn't going anywhere. The Blackhawks, despite the fact that they've had to trade some people, still are the Chicago Blackhawks. Um I guess maybe Minnesota could, but I like a lot of the things they've done uh, recently when it comes to their offseason. I didn't love the, the Dubnik contract, but fine. The Ducks certainly aren't going anywhere. And the Flames, yeah, they kind of ride in the PDO wave this past season, so a lot of people are like, oh, the Flames are the team that are going to drop out. But then they go out and add for Leak and Hamilton, and you look at it now and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, instead of just resting on their laurels, they went out and got good players to um, – make it so their success maybe wasn't so unsustainable like it was this past season. So I don't think the Flames are going to drop out. Uh, and maybe the San Jose Sharks get back in on this. If you, if you look at the Western Conference, it's, it's a tough, tough, tough place to play. And other than the Arizona Coyotes, there isn't any roster I look at and say, well, those guys are not getting in. The Canucks might be this, I don't know. Uh, I don't particularly like what the, love what the Canucks have done uh, in the last year or so. Sabisa contract is bad. Uh, good on them for trading BX for a second round really is still worth something. But, uh, yeah, the West is tough. Tough, tough, tough. Do we know the terms of the of the uh, Frolik deal yet? Yeah, uh, it was uh, five years, like a little over four and a half, I believe. That's a good deal. And they yeah, yeah, Frolik's a nice player. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have the uh, the gaudy offensive numbers, but the puck is in the right end of the, in, in the, right end of the rink. 
uh, when he's on the ice. Sorry, five years, 4.3 for Froelich. Uh, the puck is in the right end of the rank when he's on the ice. And here's the thing about the Froelich deal and even the Hamilton deal, giving him 5.75. Um, the offseason uh, uh, next year, they are going to have Sean Monahan as an RFA and Johnny Goodrow as an RFA. So they're going to need to have some cash on hand to make sure that those gentlemen can be paid. And they should have that money. Hoodler comes off the books at the end of next year. David Jones comes off the books at the end of next year. They don't have a lot of long-term cumbersome contracts. They're going to be able to prevent them from paying their RFA guys, especially Goodrow and, and Monaghan, who are, are likely going to get very big paydays. Yeah, that was why I was... Uh, I guess Weidman's a guy they can trade. They have to trade somebody. Yeah, I was I was really happy to hear that um, Florida was... Because Florida was the team that was uh, said to be in talks for uh, the Matt Bolesky deal. And I did not want them to give out any bad contracts to Matt Bolesky because, you know, knock on wood... That team will be playing in Quebec in the next whatever <laughs> years, and they're going to need that money to big up their three guys, right? They're they're Huberdos, they're Barkovs, they're uh, they've already got the Dave Boland albatross in the books. They don't want to go any further. Than exactly that. right, and and like I said, and they have the money to to re up their three guys, which uh, they still do. But like maybe they would have lost one if they hampered their cap with a Matt Bolesky deal. Um, let's talk about what the Oilers have done to actually fill some of the holes in their roster. So they draft Connor McDavid, as we all know. Oh, they, they, so they filled the hole of not having one of the best players in the league, which McDavid will be. In the will league. be, yeah. Um, they trade for Eric Griba. They give away a fourth round and Travis Wanick. I don't, still don't know how to pronounce that kid. Doesn't matter. Uh, I don't. It, He's never going to play. Yeah, uh, Griba, whatever. They get Griba, who I kind of like. I like him as a fourth line depth guy for the defense. Yeah. Um, then they go and agree to terms with Sakara today. Five and a half per year. Five and a half per year. Uh, which bit much is not too bad. Bit much for Yuri Sakara, who you'd probably in a perfect world would want what the Kings had, where he was their second or third best defenseman, depending yeah. on the day. And with the Oilers, he's their he's their best guy for now. But if you if you look at the defense, they're going to have an opening night. They're going to have Andre Sakara. They're going to have Mark Fain. Andrew Ferentz, Nikita Nitkinen, I guess, if he gets in the lineup, Oscar Kleffbaum, and in all likelihood, Darnell Nurse is going to be out there, too. So, if, if those are their six, nothing wrong with that. Justin Schultz, I don't know if they're going to bring him back or what the plan is for him. He hasn't been particularly good since he got to the NHL. Uh, they didn't qualify Keith Ollie, which is fine. He's not good, so who cares? One would think they might try to find a home for Nitkin at some point because he's not particularly good. Uh, he makes four and a half this year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know how that's going to work out, but if you let's just say if you look, their top five are Sakara, Fain, Ferentz, Clefbaum, and Nurse. That's that's okay. Yeah, you, you uh, can go to It's not great to go horse on there, but it's okay. Yeah, they also filled the biggest black hole that they had, which was in the net. They trade a second, a third, and a seventh next year for Cam Talbot and get him the New York Rangers backup who is excellent in relief of Henrik Lundqvist this year. Yes. But, uh, you know, you, you, you wonder if that, uh, well, know, yeah, the, the, if it was a flash in the pan. Be not as good without that Ranger defense in front of him. And yeah. I, I suppose we're going to find out. I still think that Ben Scrivens might be an average NHL goaltender. I suppose we'll see. Um, if you put a gun to my head based on where they play and some of the, the, the question marks in their lineup, like we just talked about goaltending, 
I would say the Oilers are not in the playoffs next year. Oh, I didn't even mention Griffin Reinhardt when we were talking about their defense. Based yes. on what they give up yeah. for Reinhardt, he is playing in the NHL next year. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even mention Reinhardt, but yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be in that mix as well. Uh, I still think Nurse is going to be in their lineup opening night. I think Nurse is going to be really good. Uh, but I still think there are too many young spots and too many question marks for me to say, oh, yeah, that's a playoff team. In the East, I'd be far more tempted to say that, but certainly not in the West. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of growing pains there for the for the Oilers, I think, next year. But I, I, at the very least, they will be a uh, – uh, um, uh, what, what, the NBA has the league pass or whatever. The Oilers yeah. are going to be the, the – the uh, center ice team. The center ice, that's it. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be the center ice team of the year next year. Um, I mean, you and I have messaged about this, but uh, we, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast since it happened. We should talk about uh, the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Sure. Um, the Avalanche, my beloved Avalanche trade, disgruntled forward Ryan O'Reilly and Jamie McGinn for Nikita Zadorov, Gregorenko, JT Comper. And a second round pick next year, or actually it was this year. This 31. year, which they already used to trade down to San Jose. Yeah, uh, they, I believe they have a second round pick next year with that due to that trade down with San Jose. Yeah, they got one. They uh, actually, the first pick of day two in the draft is a nice pick to have. Yeah, and they actually stocked up a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. it, it uh, the wasn't. The first pick of day two is a nice pick to have. It wasn't a bad trade, but I kind of feel much like with Phil Kessel, you you, you could probably get more for Ryan O'Reilly, couldn't you? Um. I don't, I don't know. know. I, uh, like I, I, I would think so. I don't particularly love Gregorenko. Uh, no. I think he's a guy that's that's had uh, been questionable his entire pro career. But Patrick Waugh knows this guy from their Quebec Remparts days together. That is and, uh, true. Obviously, he's someone who would have had uh, would have had some say in the way that whole thing worked out. So I suppose he's willing to take a chance. We'll see if this turns out for him. Um, Zadorov, I really like. Obviously, I've, I've seen, I saw him play in junior quite regularly here with the Knights. There were games where he was just dominant, and there were games uh, in his last year here, uh, the, not this past season, but the season before, where the Knights' defense just had nothing on it except for him. And when he was out there, the puck was on the right side of the rink for the Knights. When he wasn't out there, they were getting absolutely crushed. So he's. He's a guy that can get the puck going in the right direction. I, I, I think he's pretty good. Uh, so that's a nice piece right there. He's a, he's a younger guy. He's a guy that has a lot of potential. But based on some of the other rumors that we heard for Ryan O'Reilly, maybe they could have done a little bit better. Yeah, I don't like that we kicked in Jamie McGinn either. I really like Jamie McGinn. Um, I thought, uh, I mean, he was a little streaky. With the Avalanche, but when when he was going, he was going, and he always he always hustled, which I you know appreciate and, that. And the thing is, well, Ryan O'Reilly wants a contract. Yeah, uh, that starts next year. Where he's well, he's got one. <laughs> well, he's 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 going to get it shortly. Uh, yeah. Where and, and the buzz is, it's going to be seven years, seven and a half million dollars. Oh my god! And that's that's you know what that I love Ryan O'Reilly. I think it's, yeah. I think he's the number one center. No matter if, if even if your team is. Is hoping to contend for the cup. I think he's the number one center. By the time the Buffalo's yeah. ready to contend for the cup, if everything goes as planned, he'll be their number two center, yeah. and that's fine. Um, he can play the toughs so and and play the the own be their number. Start. Well, I guess Evander Kane's not a center. No, just, yeah. Um, I just you forget Eichel, that Evander Kane's on Buffalo. If like, things if things go well, Eichel will be their best four by the time they're yeah, good. Yes, yes, yes. Which may be very very soon. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, th- this is the team I think is more likely to make the playoffs of Edmonton because. Uh, they go out and add O'Reilly. They go out and add Evander Kane. They they have Jack Eichel, and then you throw it in with some of the other guys that are on the roster that um, 
are, are not bad players. Uh, maybe some of their depth isn't particularly what, what you want. And then they have some prospects coming as well. Um, I've got some concerns about the defensemen they're going to be putting out there. So that's probably going to be their biggest problem, and they're going to give up some uh, particularly tough chances uh, with, with Robin Leonard in the net. But uh, generally, I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a good offseason for the Buffalo Sabres. Anytime you can come away from the offseason where you add your number one center present day uh, in Ryan O'Reilly, who's 24 years old, by the way, and your number one center of the future in Jack Eichel, you, you've had a nice offseason. Um. You mentioned that Kari Littinen might have to put it together for the Dallas Stars. Um, did the fact that they trade for anti traded for anti Niemi? Uh, One of them has to be good. Yeah. Did, does Stars that tell you that, that maybe they don't think that Lettinen can be the guy next they, year? They, I think they're just thinking that hopefully one of these guys is good because you can't trade Lettinen. Not at the ticket he's on, cap wise. Oh God, it, no. He literally cannot be moved unless some team gets incredibly desperate for goaltending this year and think that they, they, they'll be the team that can help Kari Lettinen bounce back. But Lettinen essentially can't be moved at that cap figure this year, and he's got quite a few years left on that particular deal. So Lettinen's not going anywhere. Their thought process is, okay, if one of these guys is good, then we have a shot here. They've got three years left on both Lettinen's deal and on the Emmy's deal, because it was a three-year contract when they signed it. They're both 31 years old. There isn't one guy who's the goalie of the future and one guy who's the goalie of the present. They're just hoping that for the next however long they have both these players, one of them is good. The Sharks signed uh, Paul Martin and Martin Jones today. Does uh, that instill any confidence in you? For I the, think they'll be the, better in goal than they yeah. were. I understand that Jones, we have a relatively small sample size, but he's been a very good goaltender everywhere he's been. Um, so I think that they did improve themselves in goal. It came at a price. They, they, they had to give up a first-round pick in order to have that improvement in goal. But I, I like what the Sharks have done. I think this is a team that could bounce back. I could see, easily see them making the playoffs next year. Um, it's not just Thornton and Marlowe. People forget, okay, Couture's on this team. One would think that we're going to be seeing some improvement from Thomas Hurdle. He's just 21 years old. Matt Nieto, just 22 years old. Chris Tierney, a guy who's shown some flashes, another former London Knight. Feels like these guys are coming up all over the place. Uh, he's 21, and he's shown some flashes of being pretty good. Tommy Wingles has shown some flashes of being pretty good. Um, more than that, actually, for Wingles. Wingles is just generally decent. He's, he's 27, so he's just kind of in, in his peak right now. If you look at their defense, Vlasic, Martin, Burns, uh, Justin Bronze, another nice player, Brendan Dillon. Like they, they've got some good guys on defense, too. If Jones is good, or at least better than Niemi was last year, they're in a nice spot. Uh, the Bruins... It's been an interesting offseason if you're a Boston Bruins fan. I, interesting, I think, is... Not undersells it. Undersells yeah, it. Yeah. Undersells it. Um, yeah. I think it, ridiculous might be the way to, to go with it. I think the fact that we know now that Dougie Hamilton would have been willing to sign a six-year contract with a $5.5 million cap hit leads move. me to believe that you probably shouldn't have traded Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. But when you have the following contracts on the books, you've got to do some weird things. Louis Erickson, $4.25 million next year. Probably not going to be earning that. Chris Kelly, $3 million next year. Unlikely to earn that. David Krejci, $7.25 million next year. Krejci's a good player, and when they sign the contract, it seemed fine. But Krejci's 29. I think that we may have seen the best of David Krejci already. Zdeno Chara, 38 years old, $6.9 million next year. Dennis Seidenberg, not a particularly good NHL defenseman in my estimation. 
33 years old, making $4 million a season. When, and Adam McQuay, this ridiculous contract they signed with him, $2.75 million. So if you look at some of the not-good contracts up and down the roster, plus they have the luxury of Tuka Rask at $7 million a year, that's luxury spending if you're talking about goalies. Okay, that's, uh, goalie of that that's why too. you have to trade a guy like Dougie Hamilton, and it makes you look kind of dumb. So years of cap mismanagement force their hand there. Plus, let's not forget, they're paying $2.75 million of Milan Lucic's ticket for the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, they got a better trade return on that because of that. That's likely how they got the first-round pick from the Kings this year and the first-round pick from San Jose next year in the, in the Jones trade. But still, um, this team has not been well-run from a cap perspective, and that's forcing to make some bad decisions. And you, they go out and sign Bolesky at that $3.8 million ticket we were just talking about before. That's what they did with the money freed up, with Savard not being there anymore, with Riley Smith being traded, and with not signing Dougie Hamilton. I don't know if that's the best... Uh, the best use of that money. If, if think about it this way, if they had spent one point, what is it, one point nine million dollars more, or one point seven million dollars more, excuse me, they could have just not signed Matt Bolesky and kept Dougie Hamilton instead. So that to me is the, is the big red circle right there. Or Adam McQuaid. You don't sign McQuaid. You don't sign Bolesky. You keep Dougie Hamilton and sign some guy to play for cheap. And look where you're at. You're in a much, much better spot. So it just felt like there wasn't a lot of planning in the Bruins offseason. Now, let this be a lesson to, to NHL teams to spend wisely, because if you don't, then you're going to give up a 22-year-old stud defenseman for next to nothing. Right. And, you know, Chicago obviously got themselves into a situation where they had to trade somebody because of cap issues. But it's a little bit different with them where... Well, we can talk about that deal. We we Uh, can certainly talk about that. It happened a a couple days ago. Brandon Saad, Michael Paliota, and Alexander Broadhurst to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Anisimov, Warren, Trope, Deneau, and a fourth going back to the Chicago Blackhawks. And obviously this was a cap-strap deal that they did. But they got a little bit of a return. I mean, uh, you and I were both wondering if they were going to get Reichel back in that deal. Yeah, I think um, they should have asked for Kirby Michael. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, would have just been... Columbus is trying to deal the guy, so I don't understand it, but whatever. Because, uh, yeah, there was that five-minute window where we didn't know what the Hawks had got. We knew what Columbus had got. We were both like, oh, my God, they got Reichel, didn't they? Classic Blackhawks. You know they got Reichel, and then they didn't. We were kind of like... They didn't get Bjorkstand either. Um, yeah. But Marco Dano is a nice player. Uh, yes. And I think that he's going to be a guy who winds up playing with Patrick Kane and Toivu Teravainen this year and is absolutely nuts, but we'll see. I just, I think he's a guy if, if that people should be interested in, in their yearly fantasy pools here as, as being a guy that has some high end potential based on who he's going to be playing with. The difference though, between the Bruins cap troubles and the Blackhawks cap troubles is the Bruins cap troubles were caused by paying not good players. The Blackhawks cap troubles have been caused by, well, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are about to be unrestricted free agents. We had to pay them $10 million a year. You know, you, 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 yep. you can... Sometimes you, you got to do that. You, yeah. you, you just kind of had to, right? Yeah, and you just, you look at, like, because there's a team, this is a team that is handling having that scenario relatively well, where, well, if you look at the Phil Kessel's new team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they had the same deal you know, seven or eight years ago when it was like, hey, we've got to pay these two guys that we have, Crosby and Malkin, 10 million or whatever million a piece. Yeah. 
and they have not handled their business well. No, like, yeah, that, that, that's the huge well, difference. Well, afterwards, uh, right? Yeah, that, that, that's the huge difference. If, if, like Pittsburgh, where's the Brandon Saad for Pittsburgh? Yeah. Where's the Toy Vuteravainen for Pittsburgh? Where's the Andrew Shaw? Where's the Marcus Kruger? It's so poorly. Yeah, there's nothing. Where's the Nick Letty, a guy who's not still in the Blackhawks, but the the point still stands. The Blackhawks have found a way to get a whole bunch of guys like that through the draft, and the Penguins haven't, and that's been the difference. I tell you, I'm a little upset that Milan Lucic is on the Kings. I'm upset that we have to cheer against the Kings now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I mean, there's no other roles about it. You can't cheer for Milan Lucic. He's... A horrible human being, and uh, you just can't root for that LA team, which is a shame because they're a lot of fun to watch. Um, I can't, can you believe that both concussion contracts were traded this? I actually this can because if you looked at the actual cash those players were owed, yeah, it, everyone kind of like, oh, that's when those, these deals start to back dive, and you thought yeah. to yourself, hey, if there's some team that really wants to get to the cap floor, you know what they can do. And obviously, there are two teams that really wanted to get to the cap floor without actually spending the money to do it, which goes to show you how much of a joke this league can be sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, they, those contracts no longer exist, and you know, those like backloaded twenty-year deals. Thank God we we put a stop to that because that was nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they still yeah, have. The, they, yeah. they still happen, but not as. Because um, the Devils are still paying. Uh, people are still paying. Still people. paying, yeah, ridiculous contracts. Uh, the, the, but the moral story is, Savard is making $500,000 this year. Pronger is making $500,000 this year. So that's how much you actually have to write the check for. But the cap hit in Savard's case is four point something million. In Pronger's, it's $4.9 million. So you think to yourself, okay, if you want to get to the cap floor level to satisfy your demands with the NHLPA... You go get that big cap hit, but you don't actually pay out the money. It's it, it's quite ridiculous that it's happening that way. Uh, I think that there are those back diving contracts are, are aren't allowed anymore, so it's not like you have to worry about this happening ever again. But it's kind of a joke that it's it's gone this way. Um, there's a couple other contracts in the league that this might be a problem uh, that have already been signed or were signed years ago. Marion Hosa's contract does the same thing. Henrik Zetterberg's contract does the same thing. So, I, I guess good for Florida and good for Arizona for cheaping out on their contractual obligations to the NHLPA, but it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's insane. Um, is that it for the NHL? Did we miss anything? Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking through the, the teams that I thought. I think Calgary has had the best last week in a bit. Oh, God, yes. all the teams in the league. If we were to grade it, I'm, I think I'm grading. Like, um, Boston is going to be 30th, and I think Calgary is going to be – Right. One, despite, I'm not sure what, how I would rank the rest of the teams. Despite the Kessel trade, which I have clear problems with, and again, I understand it from the perspective of his prime doesn't line up with the primes of some of the other players in the roster. I get it. But aside from the Kessel trade, let's just look at what the Leafs have done with short-term cheap contracts and restricted free agency. Mark Arcabello, one year, $1.1 million, scored 17 goals last year. Pierre-Alexander Parenteau was a guy who has scored before. Uh, they go out and they get Daniel Winnick back on the roster, uh, $2.25 million. Always been a big Winnick fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. Um, puck goes in the right direction when he's on the ice. Not a lot of finish, but puck goes in the right direction when he's on the ice. They go out and get Matt Hunwick, who's another guy who the advanced stats have nice things to say about for, uh, $1.2 million, uh, per year over the next two years. The Leafs have actually had a good 24 hours here 
when it comes to signing free agents. Again, still some questions about the Kessel trade, and that's something that people are going to be talking about for a while. Did they do did they do well to just get rid of this guy? He's obviously a very polarizing player, but restricted free, unrestricted free agency wise, I think they've done pretty well. So that's fine. I'm just looking at some other teams who I think have done a particularly good job over the last, uh, not necessarily last day, but the last few days. Uh, I suppose uh, Tampa Bay uh, made a nice deal with uh, with Eric Condra. They decided to put him in the lineup and not bring Brandon Morrow back, which uh, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, that's a massive, massive upgrade for the Lightning for not a lot of money. So that's certainly helpful. Um, I, again, I said, I like what San Jose has done. And, and let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins for just a second. Because yeah, no. Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that was also on the cap strap list, they now have Phil Kessel at $6.8 million. And there might be some not particularly fun years for the Pittsburgh Penguins towards the end of their three big contracts. Malkin expires in 2022. He'll be 35 years old. Sidney Crosby's contract expires in 2025. He'll be 37 years old. Phil Kessel's contract also expires in 2022. He'll be 34 years old. So perhaps when those guys are 31, 32, 33, maybe not 31, but 33 and 34 years old, and they're making that kind of big salary, it may be some tough years ahead for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But obviously the plan is, well, Malkin and Crosby, when those guys are still in their, crime, uh, in their prime, Somehow, they've won one Stanley Cup with those two players on the roster. They want to get at least one more, and they figured the best way to do it was go out and add an elite goal-scoring talent to play with one of those players. That's exactly what they've done. Uh, their top six forwards now will look something along the lines of the, the, the two big stud centers. Uh, the right wingers will be Kessel and Hornquist. The left wingers will be Kunitz and Perrin. Okay, you know what? You can work with that. So their, their plan is to have a big run-up and try to win this year. You look at their defense, they've got Latang, and he's another guy who's got a big, long contract. His expires in 2022, and he'll be uh, 35 years old. But you've got Latang signed up. You've got uh, Ian Cole, who's all right for the next three years. Oli Matta's in the system. Tim Erickson, who, who I also got in the Kessel trade, not a bad player. They've got Derek Pouliot coming. That, that has a chance to be a very, very nice team for the years, for the next two years. But there's, there's going to be a definite backslide there when, when some of the guys start to get a little bit older. Philadelphia Flyers signed Michael Neuwirth. That do anything for you? Uh, <laughs> the, like, the annual Flyers goal, like desperate yeah. reach for a goaltender. Yeah, the, tra and Mason the tradition was actually, continues. Mason was actually okay. The tradition continues. You're right. Yeah. Uh, that's good insurance for if what Mason showed this past year was was more of a fluke than him returning to form. Uh, yeah. Neuwirth is good insurance. Um, one last question, and then we'll move on to some of the NBA uh, signings. Um, there's a team that I think they only made one deal and so far have only made one signing. But if they stay healthy next year, can you see the Columbus Blue Jackets in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely I can. Yeah. Um, they go out and get Sod, and Sod, like, of all the players that have moved over the last 48 hours, or maybe not 48 hours, but, but from the day before the draft until now, is Saad the best player that's been moved? It's it's him or Hamilton, right? It's one of those two guys. Well, it's Kessel, but... It's oh, like, well, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, the Kessel, answer's technically Kessel, Kessel than, but... but uh, today, Kessel's better than both those guys. But yeah, you're right. But, uh, those I, but are the, the, top the point players. you had stands. Yes. Yeah, they, they, like he, they, they've got one of the best players who was available. 
and they were decimated, decimated by injuries yeah. last year. And they they still were, you know, they had they finished with eighty nine points. Yeah, and they you, were not uncompetitive. So yeah. next year, what you're going to have is you're going to have Ryan Johansson playing with Brandon Sod. One would think. Um, you're going to have Dubinsky, who's still, you know, th- that Dubinsky contract I've got some questions about as far as the long term, but he's, he's a decent player. 5.8 over that term is questionable. I've got some questions about the Felino contract too, but for just this upcoming season, I think there's a chance that they're going to be okay. Ryan Murray is only getting better. Um, David Savard, I think, is a pretty good NHL defenseman. Bobrovsky, uh, long contract, big money, but he's a, he's a good goaltender. Alexander Wenberg is a guy who looked very good for them when he played last year. Boone Jenner, another good-looking player for them who's, who's only 22. Um, they, they've got some things to look forward to. And the, the hardest thing to find, or maybe the hardest two things to find, they have. The hardest thing to find is that big number one center who can score points and make guys around him better. Ryan Johansson is absolutely that particular player. And That's Ryan Murray true. might be that big horse on defense that you need. So they're in a good spot. Uh, if, if they don't trade him, Kirby Reichel is coming. Um, you know, they, they've, they've made some Oliver Bjorkstand is another guy who has a chance to be a pretty good NHL player who might be uh, on the way in the years to come. Uh, Warinsky, the guy they drafted, uh, uh, who is a Michigan guy on defense but might be playing for the London Knights this year. In fact, I'd be betting money that he plays for the London Knights this year. Yeah, um, they, they, they've got guys coming too. So yeah, they've got some questionable contracts, but they've got some guys coming and, and the hardest things to find, they have those things. Yeah, the reason I bring that up, I think that's the team that you and I are going to make some money on next year. That's, I, that's I, an interesting question. That might think, be the exact team we're going to make money. We'll see I, what the think that, I think that's the team. Like that's going to be like, when it, well, we'll also look at some like, uh, some, you know, uh, what do you call them? Prop bets and stuff sure, on them too. Sure. But I think I think that's the the squad. Like I had Kansas City in baseball. I think Columbus is the team. Um, they, they, well, them making the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, I, I, is is it a guarantee that Ottawa gets back in the playoffs? I don't think that's necessarily. No. Well, Ottawa, uh, I like it was insane that they made it at all last year. Right, they had that. Right. They, they had that once in a lifetime run, right? And the Over Bruins, the last month and a half. And the Bruins, like they were the team that finished ninth. Yeah. They're not finishing ninth this year. No. <laughs> That's not happening. No, uh, sir. If you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, the Hurricanes aren't making the playoffs. The Devils aren't making the playoffs. The Leafs aren't making the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier in the West to to not necessarily finish in the top eight, but it's it's more than in the East. It's like instead of finishing in the top eight, it's not finishing in the bottom eight. And there's a lot of teams you know that are going to be bad. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the NBA. Um, the Toronto Raptors, your boys. Signed Damari Carroll, one of the big fishes that were out there. Yeah, Four years, I'm, 60 million. Great deal. I'm excited about that. That's uh, fantastic. He is not because not only is he a fantastic basketball player, but you signed him to a good contract. And he's just genuinely a good guy. Like, this yeah, is, this that, is that's a what guy. everyone hears about him. Is, is he's, yeah. uh, what a good dude he is. So, this, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, to have him on the team. For a guy like that to come up to Toronto in Canada, where we love those guys that are like lunch pail guys. And they come to work and they do like he's gonna. I feel like Demar Carroll's gonna do a lot of community work and stuff. That yeah, and he's are a guy gonna that's like and, popular with the crowd. He'll he's like uh, yeah, like a little bit like Jerome Williams. I was just skill. like JYD. He, <laughs> yeah. he might be the new Jerome JYD, Williams, but has but, some skill. But you know, much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler resigns with the Bulls. That's a fantastic Which move for them. Kind of knew was. Yeah, everyone knew that was gonna happen. Uh, five years. Uh, ninety million. So after you get some good, max this deal, this is a good summer for NBA teams to do their shopping because the cap goes way up next year. Next year, yeah. The year uh, that, so 
other notables, Tyson Chandler heads to the Suns, four years, 52 million. That'll help them out because they needed a guy to anchor the paint. Um, this is why the NHL and their max deals are kind of, or the NBA, sorry, and their max are kind of dumb. Goran Dragic. I love Goran Dragic, but Goran Dragic is not a $90 million basketball player, is he? Um, five years, $90 million for him. No, not, you know what, he's not today. Yeah. Uh, in two years, when the cap was $110 million bucks, then is he worth... What is it? Uh, Eighteen million a year, or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe he is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you, you don't have to look at it. I can see it. Day dollars, like, it's the same thing with the Elamino deal with, uh, with with the the Trailblazers. Um, is he worth that in today dollars? No, but in tomorrow dollars, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Al Farouk Amino, by the way, got four years, thirty million. I, I really like that deal for Portland, especially if they re-sign Aldridge, which it right. looks like that is going to be the case. Um, I don't know if it is. Uh, from what I understand, the Spurs are still the favorites, followed oh. by the Suns. Oh, if he signs with the Spurs, I tell you. I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Bill Barnwell, but Bill, Bill Barnwell, although I don't know if you've seen the Mad Max movie, but Bill Barnwell basically had the joke where he said uh, at the NBA draft, where it was like, the, <laughs> the Spurs will now be drafting whoever, or will now be drafting uh, Tim uh, Tim Duncan's blood bag or something like oh, that. Oh, I've not seen the Mad Max film, so I do not get the reference. Well, uh, yeah, essentially, like the uh, the joke there is that they're gonna draft a kid, and all they're gonna do is is hook his veins up to Tim Duncan's veins, so that Tim Duncan can sustain youth for yet another year. <laughs> it's it's it, it, it was a fantastic joke. Um, Danny Green back with the Spurs. Uh, like, nice deal on the Danny. Oh my thing. god, four years, forty five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. Classic Spurs, you know? Yeah. They, 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 they find a guy who uh, wasn't necessarily great at another team, but uh, they find him, put him in a, a position to succeed. He does, and they sign him for a below-market-value contract. Classic Spurs. Yeah. Uh, Danny Granger, one-year, one-two, resign or two-one, resigns with the Suns. I, I like that deal for the Suns. Um, yeah, he's, he's a guy that could be a Could a, come a back. Yeah. I, I like the Suns for this year. Yeah, they're going to be – really God, good. it's just the Western Conference is so – that could be they, a team if that If they we, get Aldridge, if, if, let's just say they, they convince Aldridge to If go. they get that Aldridge, That likely means Bledsoe is going in a sign-and-trade. Yes. But if you look at the rest of the roster, like if, if they'll have Knight, and obviously they have Chandler to anchor the paint, and um, they've, they've got Aldridge. Like, they're, they're going to be in a real nice spot. They're, they're, they're an already okay team. I don't know if they make the playoffs this season. But they, they've they've done some good things. They're they're well run. Jeff I don't know Green. who falls out of the Western Conference. I, I I suppose if I had to say somebody right now, it's the Mavericks. Yeah. But I don't know for sure who else falls out. The of Mavericks that. could still sign one of the big fish because they're always yeah. in talks yeah. with the big fish. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Jeff Green, one year, nine point two, resigns with the Grizzlies. I like I like it for the Grizzlies. Yeah. I, I'm fine with that. Um. I'll tell you, I like Jonas Jarebko at two years, $10 million for my beloved Boston Celtics. I do not like Amir Johnson at two years for $24 million. Amir Johnson hustles. He is a great rebounder. He has a little trouble scoring. Good defender. Great defender, which the Celtics need. By all accounts, oh, my God, do they need a guy to block shots. And he's a versatile defender, shots. too. He's yeah, he's a versatile defender, and he can block shots. But he is not a $12 million-a-year basketball player. He's more in the range of but, seven, eight. If you if, here's the the thing with that deal for the Celtics, only two years though. So yeah, I, yeah, it's that's not a that's the killing thing. contract. If they sign him for five years, twelve million per, yeah. that's real problem. Yeah, two or years, years is... whatever the max would have been. Two years, you can find a way to make that work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's the worst thing that happens to you? The absolute worst thing, if if Johnson is particularly good this year, is next year he can be traded as Amir Johnson's expiring contract. Yeah, that's literally the worst thing that can happen to you. So 
not you know what it's fine yeah uh three teams have re-signed superstars uh the san antonio spurs yet again Kawhi leonard five years 90 million gets the max deal yeah um, um good for the spurs to get it done and not um it was it was good they got it done before Kawhi got to restricted free agency because obviously yes. someone signed her that three-year three-year deal for the for yeah the big money then they would have had to worry about this three years from now just just get him signed to five and get it done uh, speaking of the weird three-year deal, Brooke Lopez, three years, $60 million, re-signs with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I'm a little disappointed with that. I just wanted to see Brooke get out of Brooklyn. So did I. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that he decided to stay there, but that team's yeah. going to be bad no matter what. Yeah, but like with Brooke there, they're, he's going to play well enough that the draft pick that the Celtics have next year will not be a top-five pick, unfortunately. Are you sure? Well, because he gets hurt a lot. You're you know right. what I mean? Well, like he gets he gets hurt frequently. No, I'm not. And if you if you if you look at the rest of like let's let's just do the uh, the reading of the Brooklyn Nets cap sheet. Oh God, I love uh, it's it's going to be fun for all of us. Yeah. Uh, for 2015, 2016, Joe Johnson is going to make 24.8 million dollars. Oh my God, Joe Johnson finally helping the Celtics. <laughs> Darren Williams, 21 million dollars. Those two contracts alone. Almost guarantee that you're going to be bad. You know, like I just don't. And Brooke Lopez at twenty million dollars is fine, but this is going to be a team where Brooke Lopez is the best guy in the team. Um, like I don't know, like Jarrett Jack six point three, whatever. Again, like the, the the money goes down as you go further, but like there's no one they're getting a deal on. If you have Joe Johnson and Darren Williams combining to make forty six million dollars, it's almost impossible to be good. Yeah. And of course, the big one, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers with the biggest had to get done signing of the offseason. Timothy Mozgov, one year, 4.9 million. Exciting for all of us. Exciting for everybody. Cleveland also, Cavaliers. Woo! Also, Kevin Love resigned. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some guy <laughs> named Kevin Love resigned from. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch this year, though, because he hurt his shoulder. <laughs> I, I'm honestly surprised that it went the way that it did. Yeah, I know. Uh, the, I, I thought that he was at least going to explore the market a little bit. Yeah, it, it that's happened. Not what happened real at all. Quick. He did. I don't even think he went to like the reports where he's going to go see the Celtics and the Lakers. And I think he talked to the Celtics and then immediately flew back to Cleveland and signed his deal. Like he didn't even go to talk to LA, which is no, which what everyone sort of thought weird. was going to be the for the, years. That was the that was the thing, right? Is he's a California guy played at UCLA. When he gets the chance as a free agent, he's heading straight to the Lakers, and then. But that was before he's on the same team as LeBron James. Yeah, that that's the sort of thing that. And it's and, tough to voluntarily decide to not be on the same team as LeBron James. Yeah, and when if not for an unfortunate incident involving him and Kelly Olynyk, he, he who knows what happens in that finals, right? You, well, let's just if if I, Irving and Love both play in that final, like yeah, I'm not, been I'm not better, sure but. Cleveland wins. But it feels like they could have. Uh, I guarantee you we at least get a Game 7. I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable saying we at least get a Game 7. Yeah. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks re-signed K. Riss Middleton. Uh, five years, $70 million. Eh, that might be a bit nice much player. for... It's, he's a nice player. Yeah, he's they actually have a nice player. little foundation there. Uh, I, they do in Milwaukee. They're going to be frisky in the, over the next few years. Yeah, they'll be a team that uh, is regularly in the Eastern Conference playoff mix. Um, Tristan Thompson now... Come on now. Five years, 80 million for Tristan Thompson. The most talked about 10 and 10 of all time, I think. Like, or I think like the most overrated 10 and 10 of, of all time. Like he had a nice little playoff run, but he's not an $80 million basketball player, is he? Um, 
I don't know. It, it, it just you have to analyze all these deals with. You're not necessarily thinking about what's he worth in today dollars. What's he worth in tomorrow dollars, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just because with the with the big TV deal coming up. Yeah, that's true. every the cap is about to go through the roof. So anyone you can sign to a long term deal now is has a chance to be a bargain in the years to come. Kyrie Irving, five years, ninety million bucks. Yeah, feels like that's going to be pretty good for a little while here. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, I really like what they got going on in Cleveland, and obviously, had, well, they got to re-sign him before it's before the season starts. But LeBron's just going to do that thing where he signs like one two-year deals, or, or he's going to sign the two-year deals with the player option, and then opt out every year until the TV deal kicks in, right? Like that's right, that's which, basically his plan. Yeah, and and people are going to get on him for it, but but based just, on the way that the, based on the way the current system works, LeBron is like remarkably underpaid. So like whatever, yes. he whatever he wants. If let's just say we we there was a universe where there was no cap in the NBA this season, yeah. and LeBron James is a free agent. How much does he get? If, oh God, um, how much did Alex Rodriguez get from the Yankees back in the day? Uh, it was a thirty million year contract. I think he gets more than that. twice that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he gets twice that if if there's no cap in the NBA. Right, like he's he's like a, his impact is worth yeah minimum fifty million dollars a year. Absolutely, minimum. Yeah. Oh God. Well, I can think of no better way to end this free agency talk than with a little LeBron James talk. Um, Greg Needles, thanks for doing this. I mean, I realized we had to do this sort of a short <laughs> short notice pod. Well, it's so. not every day that Phil Kessel gets traded. Yeah, exactly. We always have to do these big react trades whenever uh, nonsense in our, happens to one of our teams. So... Uh, we had to put out we had you, you we had to put out the bat signal and uh, thankfully for me you answered so I appreciate that. Right. Well. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's certainly uh, interesting times in Leafland for sure. And look, I don't know. Maybe my reaction to this trade is going to soften in the days to come. But I yeah, I I don't think. I, so. it, I think. All things being perfect, they they would have held on to Kessel, but for some reason they felt like they had to do it now. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about this off off air um god when are we gonna have you on next uh i don't know i'm thinking probably unless something crazy happens i think it's because we're not talking baseball until we get to the all-star break there's no sense in talking unless the jays do something crazy with a trade right. now and then. let's hope that let's hope that our next podcast is a jays trade podcast yeah i think that's let's i'm hoping it's a trade deadline or, or all-star podcast or something because like i'd like to take a look at uh, i'd like to go back and take a look at our bets on the over/under, yeah, that, that would be fun. Season. I think that would be a lot of fun to dissect those and talk about who's performing crazily and whatnot. Um, Craig Needles, once again, thanks for coming out, buddy. All right, talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.